this episode is not a pop profound episode. There's nothing even partially profound about it. It's a Captain Obvious episode and I tag Captain Obvious episodes as Charlie. So this is a Charlie episode. All right, and it goes like this. Richmond is playing GWS. That's Greater Western Sydney for you overseas people who don't listen. Um, Richmond is playing the Giants this weekend in the grand final. And Richmond is in Victoria, which is the, you know, the state I live in. And Greater Western Sydney is, well, fairly obviously for most people, in New South Wales. Okay. Now, here in Victoria, even though Richmond is a Victorian team, well, I guess a team in Victoria, now, Richmond is like Collingwood or Carlton to us, who don't follow Richmond or Collingwood or Carlton. We hate Richmond. And we hate Collingwood and we hate Carlton. And Collingwood people hate Richmond too. And Carlton people hate Richmond. And so on and so forth. We all hate each other. And we love it. It's tribalism. I could call this episode tribalism, couldn't I? Um, Alright, so that's how it works. And that goes back 100 and... 100, 100 and what? 130 years. When did Essendon start? 1872. You know... Uh, is that getting on? That's almost 150 years ago. You know, we go back a long way with our footy teams. Um, right. So we all hate Richmond, which means we all hope we all hope the Greater Western Sydney wins the grand final. And there are other, there are other reasons for that. Well, number one because um, Richmond supporters are insufferable. Uh, when they win and we don't want to live with them we don't mind living with them when they lose you know uh, but when they win we don't want to live with them and we don't like the town being painted yellow and black we like it to be painted red and black or in the case of Collingwood supporters black and white and so on right so we hate Richmond and this is not what the episode's about It's not actually about tribalism this episode. It's about the Herald Sun. Our premier rag. Now, the front page of the Herald Sun the other day um, had a big picture of Richmond. And obviously a Victorian club is... Now I'm going to say a word I hate versing a New South Wales team. Do you know the word versing has entered the English language? It crept up on me. When did that start happening? Young people. Um, They just make up these slang words. You know, we never made up slang words when we were young. (laughs) Righto. 
and, and the slang words, once they get used enough, they enter the English language and hop into the big fat Mac. The Macquarie Dictionary. Alright. Well, speaking of young people, and I, you know, because I've got to fill out this episode a little bit before I talk about the Herald Sun and how much we hate Richmond. Speaking of young people, um, you know, that young activist from Sweden, Greta, spoke at the you know she's a she's for climate you know she's trying to do something about climate change and um, she spoke at the UN yesterday and very passionately um, dressed down the grown-ups for their inaction on climate change because quite correctly I think saying that older people and their politics and their obsession with money and, um, you know, infinite growth, you know, it's the obsession with growth, economic growth all the time, you know, in capitalism. Um, And in that, by the way, she's at one with um, a bloke I don't mind, which is Dick Smith, who is an old bloke, (laughs) like me. Um, He says the same thing. He says that um, this obsession with growth that governments worldwide have, endless growth, and endless population growth as well, is a Ponzi scheme. Um, You know what a Ponzi scheme is. It's where you keep doubling or nothing, and then eventually it has to crash, and badly. It's a little bit like um, a, a, a policy that says, "Listen, we've got um, we've got an aging population, so let's um, bring in um, a a large number of younger people because who's going to look after the older people?" Now, that's a Ponzi scheme. Would argue Dick Smith uh, because. What happens to those younger people? Well, we still have high life expectancy in Australia, and we're still going to have high life expectancy, you know, hopefully, you know, as long as there's no war or something. Right, so all things being equal, we hope that those younger people, the immigrants, are going to live a long time. And look, the fact of the matter is they're usually from cultures that like to breed a lot, you know, whereas we've got zero, um, zero kind of uh, fertility rate here in Australia, you know, with existing citizens, and I don't mind which race, colour, creed they are, but we've pretty much got zero. Okay, but people coming in have got big fertility, you know, big fertility. All right, so what happens? So everyone says, oh, oh, that sounds logical. Bring in young people, because then they can look after the old people. Us, let's say we old people. Yeah, sure. You know, but it's a Ponzi scheme in this way. They get old. So what's your policy now? Um, Population's 50 million now, and they're mostly, you know, and a good proportion of those are old. So what do you do? Well, you have to bring in more young people, wouldn't you? Um, Or hope that they kept breeding and didn't take on the 
Aussie way of not breeding as much. You know, you've got two choices. Either they're breeding like rabbits, um, or they're not breeding like rabbits and we bring in more immigrants and then the population's 100 million. Ooh, the same as Ethiopia, for example. And then it's 200 million. It's a Ponzi scheme because it has to blow in the end, doesn't it? Because the resources won't keep up. Eventually, you know. And this is how the world is. Um, it has to blow eventually. We can't have a look at the graph of population expansion. All right. I digressed, but, you know, I had to fill in this episode with something because it was such a short... It would have been a very short episode. Okay. But back to, um, you know, this business of how young people get old. Now, um, Greta, I, I, you know, I, I felt a little uncomfortable as I was listening to it, as I should, because yeah, I don't turn the lights off enough and so on and so forth. I'm not, I'm not doing much for climate change in my life, but neither are most older people. Because we are obsessed with uh, just um, just trying to get by, really. Um, trying to make it, not go broke and pay our mortgage and all that sort of stuff. When what we should be thinking is climate change. You know, for our children. And, you know, even you, my own children, you should be angry at me, you know. Because my whole focus, really, what have, all I've done today is run you kids around and, you know make sure, you know, I've made sure you've got all your iPads and all that sort of stuff, and make sure you've got everything you need, and um, I've burnt that much petrol running you kids around for the last um, week and month and year and years. Um, you know, I'm doing nothing for climate change. I'm running you around, burning fossil fuels, etc., etc. and I haven't bought an electric car, blah, blah, blah. Right. Now, she was right, I think, this Greta. And the um, the title of her speech could be called How Dare You and she was pretty much shaking with fury How Dare You she said and she said it with true passion she meant it and I think she made a lot of people uncomfortable look there's people in the UN grown ups who want what she exactly she wants so she wasn't addressing them you know surely you know because they're desperate yeah, there are climate change warriors who are older, like me. Yeah, older like me, you know, not climate change warriors like me. I can't accuse myself of being a climate change warrior because I do nothing for anyone. I do nothing for humanity. I do nothing for the environment, you know. Um, it gets tricky, doesn't it, when um, if you want to be humanist um, and do it and, and be good for humans... Um, that sometimes conflicts with the ideal of being good for the environment because I think humans are bad for the environment. But anyway, what I'm getting at, and I've digressed a lot, but I had to fill in this episode with something because what I was really going to talk about is such, such a small thing. We do hate Richmond, but I wanted to talk about the Herald Sun, and I will. It'll be about 30 seconds at the end of this episode. But what's going to happen is young people get old. Now... Young people, I reckon, by and large, will have listened to that speech by Greta... I can't remember her last name. Um, um, and all been feeling the same way as she. Not all, most. Most young people would be feeling betrayed by older people. 
for for not doing anything not doing anything about climate change. But the funny thing is, those older people that the younger people are dressing down were the younger people of the nineteen seventies who were singing hippie songs along the same lines. You know, give me spots on my apples and put away that DDT. You know, all that sort of stuff. A big yellow taxi came and took away my old man. You know, and all that sort of thing. Um, so uh, we were those young people, except thirty years ago or forty years ago. You know, in my case, you know, I would have been fifteen, forty years ago. You know, and we were like that, and we were angry. Let's say, you know, a lot of us were. Yeah, um, just look at all the you know, get some footy shot footage off YouTube of the protests back in the old days, you know. And a lot of that was for climate too. All right. So that's that. But what that means is, is if we were Greta back then and were angry at older people, and now we are the older people and we have another Greta popping up and being angry at us, what's going to happen to Greta? Well, not necessarily Greta herself, because, you know, there are older people who hang on to their youthful, idealistic ways, you know, and all power to those people. But what I'm talking about is, let's say, 90% of all young people who are in furious agreement with Greta are going to be nothing like that in 30 years. They are going to be the President of the US and, you know, the Secretary General of the UN and all that sort of stuff. Actually, the current Secretary General of the UN is trying to push, you know, the Paris Climate Accord and all that sort of stuff. Look, there are older people trying to do something for the environment. But look, as a group, as a group, the older people of the world are not doing much. You know, they're doing such window dressing. The climate's you know, as the science would suggest, the climate's finished. You know, as I said, the environment's finished. You know, um, you know, they're shifting a couple of deck chairs on the Titanic and calling that um, meeting their targets. You know what I mean? But the ship's going down in terms of diversity and all that sort of stuff. I really think it is. It's it's rooted. You know, um, if, if you're going to you know reduce emissions by two percent, will be you know. Um, <laughs> we need to just reduce it by eighty percent, you know. And they're saying, "Oh, shall we meet? Well, shall we have a two percent or a three percent reduction? Shall we have a four percent reduction?" <sighs> Look, you know, unless you're going to do ninety percent reduction, you're going to burn the environment. All right. Now, but the funny thing is, as she fairly shakes with rage, and as you know, ninety percent of young people shake with rage alongside her, my bet is in 30 years' time, there'll be another Greta. And all the, you know, of those, you know, a good proportion of those 90% of young people who are at one with Greta and are furious at the older people are going to be those older people and there'll have to be another Greta who stands up in the UN um, and says to uh, Greta's generation in 30 years' time, how dare you, you know, say 
that you're doing something in this world when you are destroying it for us, the next generation. You know, because the future by then will not be Greta's generation. Greta will be old. She'll be dead soon. Yeah, her generation, not her specifically. Her generation will be nigh on dead. And the yeah, their, her generation's grandchildren will be, you know, I'll, I'll say this as a bet, furious at the very same people who are right now furious at old people because they will be the old people. Um, now, I think that might happen anyway. Right, back to hating Richmond and the Herald Sun. On the front page of the Herald Sun, um, the other day, uh, and I think it was just two days ago, the Herald Sun, you know, once it became clear that it was going to be a Richmond, Greater Western Sydney uh, grand final, said, um, you know, had a, had, a, had a kind of heading, um, uh, you know, big picture of a, a tiger, a Richmond player on the front and all that sort of stuff of the paper, and they said, the Tigers carry the hopes of a state. Yeah. What that means, the Tigers carry the state of Victoria's hope for a a grand final win. You know, we are all at one with Richmond, said the Herald Sun. Now, they are creating a truth there that is not true, you know. So they're trying to create a false rivalry between the states in Australia. You know, as if Victoria, our loyalty to Victoria is stronger than our tribal loyalty to our clubs. You know, and Australians, or Victorians, don't really care about Victoria. You know, there's no such real rivalry. There is no rivalry, really. Um, the real rivalry is between clubs. It's more local in Australia. Um, you know, we don't, we're, not, we're not the same as America, really, even, you know. Um, we don't even, you know, like, um, you know, in America, um, we're not that passionate in that way. We're not as nationalistic. We're not as statistic and all that sort of stuff. Look, that's a whole other issue from what I was about to get on to. Um, but um, some Indigenous people decided to what they call take a knee in a football match recently, Australian Rules football match, while the national anthem was on. And um, and it was only it was it was not the big league. It was a, a minor league. But the point is, some indigenous blokes decided not to sing the national anthem. You know, as a protest. Now in America, when people did that, you know, footballers, Americans went nuts, nuts. You know, that you know this was an attack on America. You know, but in Australia, when that happened, didn't even make the you know. People wondered whether it was going to be newsworthy, but you know, and they had their football match. A couple of indigenous blokes, you know, hopped on one knee. The rest of the blokes sang the national anthem. Some people didn't, you know, uh, the indigenous blokes didn't, and then nobody cared. And they just played footy, and absolutely nobody cared. You know, look, there's probably a couple of rednecks that did care, but we didn't hear from them. Um, the whole thing went off with a whimper. We don't care whether people sing the national anthem or not. In fact, I don't even like our national anthem. And um, if I could, 
I would switch our national anthem for I Still Call Australia Home by Peter Allen, which is just a pop song. I would 100% vote for that tomorrow. Um, yeah, I have no feeling for our national anthem. Um, we're not nationalistic in the same way Americans are. Anyway, back to the Herald Sun. So, they created a false loyalty amongst us football followers. Now, you want to say, so guess so what? Who cares? Well, yeah, that's why I called this a Captain Obvious episode, because, you know, it really is a small matter. It is a small item. Um, when it is applied to football, you know, where um, the Herald Sun is uh, creating a narrative about how we think we the people, you know, they do a great big front page headline and tell the world how we think but how we think might be completely different than that I don't like the way um, I don't like the way uh, newspapers yeah the Herald Sun especially creates a false narrative on the politics and attitudes of we the people you know the Herald Sun is um, now it's 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 meaning you know it doesn't matter when it's football but guess what? They do it with other things too. The Herald Sun. Yeah. They dictate how we think rather than report how we think. Well, everybody knows that, but the Herald Sun does it very badly, you know. Um, yeah. If there's someone who dies and the Herald Sun doesn't like them, uh, they have a great big heading, good riddance. You know. And then if there's someone... You know, for some political reason that we do like, who dies, we say, we love you endlessly, you know, tears for such and such, you know. Um, that's the way the Herald Sun operates, you know. They actually tell us, you know. Um, and they even go so far sometimes as to say things like um, community outrage as, you know, you know, refugee you know, or something, um, you know, murders, nice white person or something. They don't use the word white because we're not America. You know? Um, they say that sort of thing. When we're community outrage, we're just learning about it as we're reading it. We didn't even know, you know, you know, let's say it's the Herald Sun Online. This is the first time we've even heard about it. We haven't had time to be outraged yet. What, are you telling us we're outraged? Hang on, you just report it and we'll let you know whether we're outraged or not. You know, that sort of thing, the Herald Sun does that. Now, I've picked what seems to be an unimportant example of this, but in exactly the same way they do it with the football, for example, they do it in a hundred other ways too. And this is the problem with the media. Yeah, and look, I don't think they're being all that political. I think they want to sell papers, but that's bad in and of itself. Um, if um, if our social fabric is dictated by what will sell papers, that's probably even more dangerous than if they were being political and trying to lead us and our thinking, you know, dictate our thinking rather than reflect our thinking. Okay, but in summary, what they did is they created a false rivalry and um, they said... Um, they said, the Tigers carry the state's hopes 
you know, on their shoulders, and that all we football people are getting behind Richmond. It's just a lie. Just a lie. Everyone I know who isn't Richmond is going for the Giants. We're all going for Greater Western Sydney. That's the end of the episode. Go Greater Western Sydney. Go the New South Wales team. I really do want Giants to win. Are you thinking to yourself, it's this casual um, apathy that is one of the biggest problems? Is someone like me not helping at all? Well, bingo. That's what this episode, this podcast is all about. Not being helpful. Have no wish to be helpful. I don't care if the human race and the environment dies. I don't care if an asteroid hits the earth and blows the whole bloody show up. This episode is not a, this pub this podcast is not about activism or caring or being moral. You know, go to one of my other podcasts. You know, I'll make another podcast another day under another pseudonym, pseudonym, pseudonym. <laughs> Wait for another episode. I'll do another podcast one day. You know, not under the name of this amoral sort of um, casually uncaring Charlie but what I'm getting at but under some other name Johnny Care Johnny Caring now what I'm getting at is yes 98% of the people should be getting onto social media furiously and getting into politics furiously and arguing one way or the other I'm just saying there's so much of that in the world Surely you'd like to hear someone opting out and being amoral and uncaring and all that, you know? Um, No, you know, maybe you do want everyone to be passionately after, you know, whatever whatever they think is the right thing in this world. You know, maybe you want everyone in every utterance they ever make to be helpful for a cause, you know. But I'm just saying, isn't there a time for someone to opt out of that fray and just try and think things through amorally and leave it to the listener to make of that what the listener will? You know. Well, maybe, no, maybe you don't think that. Well, I think Socrates was a bit like that, you know. And that's why he probably got killed. <laughs> that's why they got him to drink the poison, you know. But he's still famous. I'll never be famous, but, you know, I admire Socrates. I find him to be a lot more humble in a way than Jesus. Socrates said, I'm always wrong. Uh, Jesus said, I'm always right. Look, who knows, you know. But I'm not here. Let's have that national anthem that I wish we had. Forget about all that.
Before I have that song, I just twigged to an example of what I'm getting at. Why it might be useful for someone like me under this alias that I'm speaking under, which is not really me, you know. I I take on a personality and a set of opinions that are not necessarily exactly the same as mine in real life. But the point is, I just twigged to an example of why it's not such a bad thing if there is a podcast like this one that is not pushing you know, one side of a debate or another. You know, opting out. You know, opting out of that sort of um, IRA sort of uh, thing where the IRA says, are you with us or you're against us? You don't get another choice. Well, I'm, I'm, come, I'm, I'm not with Greta, 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 whatever her name is, and I'm not against, you know, I'm just opting out, you know, and you might say, you know, you might be like the IRA, except in a much more positive way, you know, Um, listen, take a side, or you're not being useful, you know, but here's the example to which I twigged, and it is in the previous number of episodes, which were about, which were asking the question, if you had a um, a big red button, which, if you pressed it, the environment would be saved, and at the same time, all humans would be made extinct. You know, and you know the uh, um, the environment would be saved because all humans had become extinct. Would you press it? Yeah. Now, that's. An angle that someone as young as Greta Greta is unlikely to have occur to her because when we're that age um, we're much more egocentric so her whole speech is uh, uh, is her as a young person railing at what grown-ups are doing to her future you know she hasn't really i think considered and i haven't listened to any of her other speeches yeah but just taking this one in a bubble she hasn't considered the angle that maybe the environment deserves to exist for its own sake independent of humans yeah that the environment doesn't exist just for greta's future yeah maybe um, yeah, and maybe there's some, you know, she, look, obviously young people should hate older people for what they're doing to the environment. And I agree, they are stuffing it up, you know. We are stuffing it up. Okay. Um, but um, there is still some usefulness in the way older people think in as much as maybe the angle of listen Greta I think we should do something about wiping out the human race you know if I met her and I put that to her I wonder what she would say Um, because it would save the environment maybe the environment deserves a planet without us now of course she you know now I don't know how she would respond to that as a how old is she I absolutely don't know maybe she's 15 or something like that now look Maybe um, 
I'm barking up a wrong tree. Uh, but, you know, I do have this instinct that the environment will be better off without our humans. And that does not sync with her speech whatsoever. Now, if my feeling and thought that the environment um, deserves to exist for its own sake, independent of humans, is a valid thing to think about. And it does. I think I discussed it in previous episodes. It does translate into real-world decision-making, that thought, you know. Um, If the environment does deserve to exist independent of humans altogether... Um, that I would not have come up with that had I still been thinking like a 15-year-old. I think. You know, I'm not sure that 15-year-olds think like that. Now, I'm not a psychologist. But is it true, if you are a psychologist, that you know, 15-year-olds don't have the same um, sort of philosophical... Are their brains not quite wired yet? Now, this is not to say that Greta is uh, not giving a a, a right message. I think she is giving a right message. I think the adults of the world, including me, should be given a kick up the pants and a big one too, and she's just given it. Fully support that. Point is, (coughs) I think it's dangerous if, you know, grown-ups listen to a 15-year-old and think she's got it completely covered. In fact, I think it's dangerous for other 15-year-olds to listen to a fellow 15-year-old and think they've got and think they've all got it covered completely. There are angles, you know, that beyond that that come with wisdom. But sort of ironically, a young person will say, "Oh, you can have your wisdom. You know, you've stuffed up the environment." But, you know, that would be just going around in circles. That would be just going around in circles. What I'm saying is it's probably good for things to be fully thought through. And for things to be fully thought through, you need all ages. This is not a, um, a war between the young and the old. Like I said, the young are going to become the old. And they're going to be you know, pretty much just as bad as us when they get old. Um, so everybody can contribute to the solution. Now, this, this podcast is not about the solution. It's about me just thinking of things from different angles and for, you know, the zero listeners of this podcast to come up with their own solutions, you know, and be inspired by Greta by all means, like I have been. But the point is there is a place, I think, for some people opting out and not debating whatever the latest thing on social media is, you know, or the latest thing to come out of the UN General Assembly, you know, the latest speech by someone like Greta, you know, for some people to sort of opt out and say, listen, I'm not going to take a side here. I'm actually just going to sit back and sit back and sit back and just think this all through, you know, and I think there is this angle, you know, are humans the problem? Now, humans themselves, you know, um, is the sheer number of young people in the world a problem? You know, should some of them be wiped out somehow? You know, should old people be wiped out somehow? Now, of course, you know, this is amoral, what I'm saying here. But um, there's a point to it. 
if all, you know, there's a lot of the young people in the world today, and if they all breed, have you looked at the graphs of the population expansion? Is that a problem? You know, that's all about population. It's not all about population, it's about sustainable energy. But look, if you get sustainable energy in, you know, you know, this allows you to, if, if you think through things, it allows you to think, listen, should we be actually reducing the number of resources available to humans on the world, discouraging people, you know, you know creating less food. Now, that sounds mad, you know, but shouldn't these things be thought through? Because when there's less resources for humans, their population goes down and, the, you know, the, the environment might make a comeback. Now, I know it's not only about that, but there's a lot of environmentalists out there these days who are also humanists who want the population to double and demand that that can happen and um, the environment can be fine, you know. Now, that, that could be true, you know. It could happen, you know. We all drink our own urine and all that sort of stuff. It can be done, all right. Sustainable energy and all that sort of stuff. But can it be quadrupled? Can it be quadrupled? You know, we've got 7 million. Can it be 40? All right. Maybe we can. We've got seven billion. Maybe we can support fourteen billion. Can we? Can we support twenty-eight billion even with sustainable energy? All these things should be thought through, and not much of it came out in Greta's speech. Her speech did seem to be narrowly focused, you know, almost egocentric-wise, on how dare you, grown-ups, ruin the environment for my generation. You know, so it's very human-centric still. So, as much as I laud, L-A-U-D, uh, Greta's speech, it is missing some things. I don't mind that. I still think it's a great speech. Um, but if you're just going to listen to something like that and just buy it hook, line and sinker without your thinking cap on, you might miss some things, you know. Okay. So that's that. You know, and some of my solutions might be a bit Hitler, you know. Um, yeah. But, you know, if I was, you know, should I become a biochemist and invent a, um, invent a gas? You know, I could, be, I could become a biochemist, devote the rest of my life to it, invent a transmittable, transmissible virus of some sort that renders humans um, infertile. Yeah, and you know that might be a moral thing. Now Greta would hate that because she thought the environment was for her generation, for the future humans. You know? But I might be thinking big picture that life on Earth deserves to do better than it will with humans in it. Morally, I might think that. You know, Greta can't say that's immoral. Um, and I would never have come up with that if I just bought Greta, hook, line and sinker, yeah? It does get you thinking, you know. Greta might be locked. Un unwittingly, Greta, you know, she comes from a country that's been brought up in the Christian, tra Christian tradition. And even if she's secular, she's been brought up in a country um, that has a... That it's, that whose values, this is Sweden, whose values are rooted in Christian and, you know, old Viking ways and all that sort of stuff, um, in which the environment is here for us humans. And unwittingly, I think she's parroting 
those sorts of values in her speech and I you know and some people might argue that we are not here the environment doesn't exist to serve us and and, now this seems like a minor point you know yes Greta the um the grown-ups should do something they've they've stuffed everything up you know but just the mind shift that would be created by having the idea that um, the earth is not here for humans would blow Greta's speech out of the water. And it would move everybody more in the direction of, for example, Indigenous Australians, in which humans are here uh, to exist in... Um, uh, in harmony with the land and not, for example, overpopulate, you know, that sort of thinking, you know. And I think that whole line of thinking, if young people are going to listen to Greta and not listen to old people, this is what I'm getting at, they'll miss that whole angle. But then, you know, young people want to miss that angle because they're still, their brains, as um, idealistic and wonderful as they are, are still at that egocentric level where the universe exists for them. Yeah. Now, I'll finish off by saying that they absolutely do have a point. You know, the grown-ups have, the current grown-ups have stuffed up the environment for the idealistic young people. Just like grown-ups 40 years ago stuffed up the environment for the young people then, who are the old people now, who are stuffing it up for the next generation, and just like the old people in 30 or 40 years' time from now will stuff up the environment for uh, the young people 30, 40, 40 years from now, and I'm talking about... Greta's peers, you know, the young people who are furious, shaking with fury today, are going to do it to the next generation too, but they just don't know that yet. Well, I bet they will anyway. I bet there will be someone like Greta, 30 or 40 years from now, standing up in the United Nations General Assembly, shaking with fury at what young people today are doing to her. Okay, make of all that what you will. Uh, That's the end of the episode, but let's just have that song that I wish was um, Australia's national anthem. And it, 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 it doesn't defer to Indigenous Australia, so, you know, it's no good for that purpose. Uh, but I like it, that's all. And it's nothing much to do with what all this episode was about. I just feel like listening to it. Here it comes. Sydney. Peter did leave behind one of the 
most poignant songs ever written about Australia. I still call Australia home. Peter Allen, Mist, and truly, the boy from Oz.